In this week's episode, Black Friday appears to be a bit of a mixed bag unless your name is Amazon. eBay makes some big moves, and I've got a massive What Sold recap. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another edition of the Galaxy CDs, Rocks, and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. My name is Ryan, and I will be your host. For those of you who are new to the podcast or to the channel, welcome to the show. My name is Ryan, and I'm a full-time reseller, part-time YouTuber, and podcaster working out of the man cave here (laughs) uh, in the greater Cincinnati area. And this channel is all about reselling reselling news we'll do a we generally start with a news recap talking about relevant things for resellers and then we'll go into other topics generally we'll have a what sold segment so that's kind of what you can expect for the next 45 minutes or an hour i hope everybody had a great thanksgiving and that your black friday cyber monday was uh productive we're going to jump right in News updates. To reselling news, uh, speaking of Black Friday, most of the reports are that Black Friday shopping overall was a bit down, and that really should not come as any surprise to anyone given how many retailers moved their promotional calendar forward due to the supply chain constraints that we've talked about numerous times on this show. So a lot of folks have already been shopping starting as far back as early October. So some of the wind was already taken out of the sales, as it were, for those things. But Black Friday shopping is reported to be down 28% from pre-pandemic levels. We've talked about that a couple of times on this show where you're seeing a lot of evaluations now being done against 2019 rather than 2020 because of the effects of the pandemic and stores being closed, communities being shut down, and those sorts of things. So uh, this article is on CNBC. As always, I will link to these articles for those of you who are catching the replay in the video description. And for those of you on the podcast, they will be down in the show notes. Traffic at retail stores on Black Friday dropped 28.3% compared to 2019 levels. That's not necessarily reflective of how much money was spent. That's just foot traffic counts. Compared to last year, however, traffic was up 47.5%. So obviously a lot more people out this year than last. Uh, Brian Field, the Senior Director of Global Retail Consulting for Sensormatic, who has the little alarm things at the doors, among other things, said it's clear that shoppers are shopping earlier this season, just as they did last season. Online, retailers rang up $8.9 billion in sales on Black Friday, which was down from last year's record of about $9 billion spent on the same day, according to Adobe Analytics. So not a big drop, but a little bit of a drop there. You can let me know if you're here this morning live on the YouTube in the chat window what your weekend looked like. I've talked to a couple of sellers, and as is the case with this, it's been a bit of a mixed bag. A couple of them have said they had a really great weekend. A couple of others said not so much. For my own case, my transaction volume was actually up. I had from noon Saturday through Monday morning when I did shipments, about 35 orders placed 
over that time period, which was up. My normal was about 25. So that was good. Dollar volume up a little bit for the weekend, but not a tremendous amount here. So definitely let me know. Let's see if there are any comments here yet. Uh, just a lot of good mornings. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> uh, Rebel Junk says, had a great weekend selling collectibles and Christmas decor. Yes, I saw. If you're not following uh, Rebel Junk on Facebook or on uh, Instagram, you should. Uh, she posts some really cool stuff. She sold, uh, were they? I think they were Hummel camels from like a nativity set for like 600 plus dollars so really really nice sale there so be on the lookout for that (laughs) uh anyway continuing on with the news thanksgiving day uh visits to brick and mortar stores cratered they dropped 90.4 percent from the 2019 levels that is no surprise because a lot of stores have gone back the other way when i started in retail 30 odd years ago Retail stores were not open on Thanksgiving, and gradually over the years, more and more of them decided that that was a day they wanted to be open. They have faced some backlash from that, and now a lot of them are actually closed on Thanksgiving. So I think you're going to see that to be the continuing trend. It obviously didn't affect really the weekend's numbers as a whole. People were fairly successful over the weekend, even not being open that day. But Target, Walmart, Best Buy were among the bigger stores that were closed for uh, Thanksgiving Day. Target, for their part, has said that is a permanent decision. Shopper traffic on Black Friday was closest to returning to 2019 levels in the South, followed by the Midwest and then the West and Northeast. He does not believe that, at least at this point, mounting fears of the new COVID variant Omicron had any impact on customers' behavior that day. He adds, if you start seeing outbreaks in the U.S., the thing that I would think would drive traffic down would be if the governments and or communities start locking down again. Otherwise, he thinks the trends will continue to be very similar to what they expect them to be. Thanksgiving Day this year, consumers spent $5.1 billion on the Internet, which was about flat from last year's levels. These numbers, they say, provide an even greater evidence that the holiday season has been stretched out as more Americans began their shopping, as we said, as early as October. Retailers, for their part, have been spreading out their promotional offers as well. According to a survey from the National Retail Federation, the retail industry's leading trade group, 61% of consumers had already started purchasing holiday gifts before Thanksgiving. The supply chain and Inventory woes are going to continue. They say shoppers can expect to find a variety of items out of stock as these complications have snarled inventory levels for some companies. According to Adobe, out-of-stock messages on retailers' websites are up a whopping 124% through Friday versus pre-pandemic levels. So huge stock outages, which in theory should be good for us as resellers. The National Retail Federation expects holiday sales during November and December to rise between 8.5 and 10.5% for a total of between $843.4 and $859 billion in sales, which would be another record. So not necessarily off to the greatest start, but the, the holiday trend overall looks pretty good, especially if you are... Amazon. Amazon does not announce exact sales figures. Uh, I think they only do that when they do their quarterly update for the SEC, but they did 
tout in a blog post uh, record post-Thanksgiving sales among Black Luster, Black Friday, Cyber Monday for traditional retailers like we just talked about. Shoppers spent $10.7 billion on Cyber Monday, according to Adobe Analytics. That was down 1.4% from a year ago. And again, symptomatic of the fact that these things have been spread out over a longer time. Amazon said uh, during the post-Thanksgiving rush, they provided an upbeat outlook for the holiday shopping period that has overall been lackluster for retail. They said home goods, toys, and apparel were among the top categories in the period from Black Friday through Cyber Monday. Popular purchases included Apple AirPods, Fire TV sticks. They always have one of their items that makes the list. Uh, And oddly, the Revlon One-Step Hairdryer. So if you get a hairdryer uh, for Christmas, it probably came from Amazon. The article says... Amazon, with its sprawling marketplace, next-day delivery options, and competitive pricing, keeps on growing regardless of the macro conditions. This year, the company captured 17.7% of all Black Friday dollars, uh, more than any other retailer. They also said that Amazon indicated they offered the lowest prices by an average of 14% compared to rival retailers, uh, partly because other retailers are not discounting quite as deeply as they have in the past. For example, they say electronics were only marked down about 12% on Cyber Monday versus a year ago when they were marked down 27%. So Amazon, huge numbers. If you are a third-party seller on Amazon, you can let me know in the chat uh, what kind of results you had over there. Overall, shoppers are buying from resale retailers more than ever. This article also on CNBC says the resale market is booming and by 2023 is expected to reach $51 billion. It has been fueled, they say, by shifting consumer demands from shopping in more sustainable ways, as well as trying to secure hard-to-find luxury items. Resale platforms like The Real Real and ThreadUp have benefited, and other traditional retailers such as Macy's and JCPenney are finding their own ways in. Big box retailers, Walmart and Target, have focused on keeping prices down and have absorbed the increasing costs in shipping, labor, and materials for shoppers. Other retailers, like Macy's and Kohl's, have raised prices to keep up with these uptick in costs. Resale companies, however, are playing up their secondhand supply chains, inventory levels, and pricing. James Reinhardt, uh, CEO of ThreadUp, says... While many retailers have been forced to raise prices due to inflation or supply chain pressure, we don't have that same level of exposure. We've chosen to strategically lower prices in order to engage as many customers as possible during a time when consumers are feeling price pressure in many parts of their life. ThreadUp's prices averaged 15% lower in the third quarter compared to the same period last year. That's a pretty big reduction. They said they will continue to keep prices down through their domestic supply system. They did record, as we've talked about previously, record quarterly revenue, record numbers of active buyers, and record number of orders for the third quarter. So big numbers over there. The Real Real continues to do well as well. Uh, $119 million in their third quarter, which was up 53% compared to last year. Orders were up 38%. So big, big moves there. The resale industry, as we've talked about previously, is growing 11 times faster 
than traditional retail, according to Carolyn Thomas, president and CEO of Aravenda, a consignment software company. This trend, they believe, is likely linked to two factors, supply chain logistics and consumer shifts to a sustainable mindset. Not all of the Gen Z millennial people cite the sustainability thing as their primary reason for looking at resale. Uh, A lot of them are talking about they want to have a vintage look and they want an authentic vintage item to do that rather than buying something new that's just made to look vintage. So there is some of that going on. As we've talked about numerous times, traditional retailers are moving into resale in a big way. Uh, Lululemon announced back in April they would be launching their own resale program. They partnered with a company called Trove that helps companies build out resale shops, and they began piloting their, quote, like-new program in California and Texas back in May. ThreadUp, as we've talked about numerous times, has deals with Macy's and offers apparel in 40 different actual Macy's retail stores. I was not aware of that. JCPenney continues to work with ThreadUp to offer secondhand women's clothing and handbags at 30 of their store locations. ThreadUp is also working with several other retailers to provide secondhand products to customers, including Walmart, Everlane, Farfetch, Gap, Adidas, and as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago now, Crocs. So everybody is moving into resale. One thing that may cause some issues, especially if you're a reseller that does toys and games, there is now a bill uh, in Congress from... Who was it here? Uh, Senator Richard Blumenthal. The bill has a goofy name. What is it here? It's uh, the Stopping Grinchbots Act. So Blumenthal is one of the authors of a bill designed to block so-called bots, Grinchbots, that snatch up online inventory and resell it at a high price. For example, say you want to buy an Xbox, which normally retails around $500. You check eBay and see a seller charging more than double that price, just like with concert tickets. Scalpers have learned to use technology to monopolize popular toys and games. This act would ban the use of bots that buy toys and games and would apply to the websites that resell them at sky-high prices, something that has made this shopping season more challenging, they say. Blumenthal is quoted, The scalpers and scammers who snap up these toys with automated buying are way ahead of parents who have been through a trying year and are just trying to bring a little brightness. The bill would not become law in time for this holiday season, but Blumenthal says he is sending out a warning to these scalpers that they are being noticed. So I see a lot of the the retail arbitrage guys that are really, they talk about these toys and stuff all the time, and they're not all using bots, but the ones that are, that that's their only ticket to success. They need to be aware that this stuff is no longer under the radar and it's more than just resellers who are aware of it. The government is actually looking at this and trying to come. I don't know how they will manage to enforce this kind of regulation, but they are definitely looking to uh, smack these guys down. Let's go back over to the chat here real quick. Uh, Rebel junk. Yep, that's exactly what it was. Crazy price on those on those uh, those camels. That was just crazy. That was a really cool find. Congratulations. 
Uh, Sissy Moore had my best weekend ever. I'm into selling only on eBay about seven months, had 30 orders to ship out. That's fantastic. Yeah. Congratulations. That's a, that's a big weekend. 30, 30 odd shipments, man. 35. It, it took me half the morning, <laughs> uh, to get all that done. That's the, the one downside. Sometimes on Sunday, I try not to do much work on Sunday, but sometimes on Sunday, if I've got a big weekend going, I'll pull some stuff ahead of time, but I was lazy this week and did not do that. Speaking of shipments, the United States Postal Service is predicting they will ship 1 billion fewer pieces of mail this holiday season. Uh, that includes letters, cards, and packages. They expect to ship 12 billion instead of last year's 13 billion. This article on e-commerce bites, they actually reached out to the post office to ask what they thought the cause of this was. Was it people using other services? Was it the price increase? What was actually causing this? As of their press time, uh, United States Postal Service had not responded. They had put out a press release that said, for the 2021 peak season, the period between Thanksgiving and New Year's Day, the Postal Service will deliver more mail and packages to homes than any other shipper. It's anticipated that between 850 and 950 million packages will be delivered. The total number of letters, cards, and packages processed and delivered is estimated to be more than 12 billion. They pointed out some key dates. So these would be some things to keep in mind. If you are a reseller, they expect customer traffic at post office locations to steadily begin increasing on December 6th, which I think is next Tuesday, Monday, something like that. So be aware of that. It anticipates that their busiest mailing, shipping, and delivery period will be the week of December 13th when it thinks it will do 2.3 billion pieces of first-class mail alone. They also say that December 19th will be the post office's busiest day online and that they expect to deliver more than 9.7 million packages each Sunday throughout the holiday season. So if you do a lot of shipping with the post office, be aware of those dates. Those are going to be the busiest times where uh, if you're not just doing drop-off at the counter, you can expect some waits. eBay had an interesting occurrence over the weekend. Uh, if you were on daily payouts, you may have gotten a payout processed over the weekend. You can let me know over in the chat if you are here live today. If you happen to have that, I'm on weekly, so it didn't. I didn't see this, but many sellers are wondering if eBay weekend payouts are permanent after receiving a managed payment disbursement notification for the first time over the Thanksgiving Day weekend. Was it an unannounced change, an aberration, or a glitch? Nobody seems to know. eBay has not really said anything about it. Their help page continues to state that daily payouts are initiated Monday through Friday and include any funds that have become available for payout during the previous 24 hours. They note that those daily payouts do not mean that sellers receive funds from that day's sales. That is a point of a lot of confusion for new sellers on managed payments. There is a bit of a lag between when something goes into your pending payments and when it's actually eligible to be paid out. And then there is another lag before that money actually hits your bank. Uh, typically takes two business days from confirming the buyer's payment to initiate your payout if they are scheduled daily. And as some sellers noted in a discussion on the eBay boards, even if eBay processes a payout over the weekend, 
you won't get your money until the following week because the ACH network, which is how these payments are transferred and processed, is closed from Friday at 6.30 p.m. until Monday at 7.30 a.m. So theoretically, maybe Monday morning, you'd get some money in your account if there was a weekend payout, but it's it's still not instantaneous like PayPal was, uh, but it is definitely improving. Look back here over on the chat and see... Uh, Sissy Moore says that was my plan and I didn't. I was watching football. <laughs> uh, some good games over the weekend, both college and uh, pro. Going to be an interesting weekend. I, As I mentioned, I'm in Cincinnati, so I'm a big UC Bearcats fan. They have got a very big game this weekend with a chance to become the first group of five team to actually make the college football playoff. So if you if you root for justice in the world, <laughs> uh, root for UC this weekend against Houston. Uh, Rebel Junk says, I was surprised to get a payment for Thursday on Wednesday. The weekend disbursement didn't actually hit the bank till Tuesday, so not really a weekend payment. Yeah, there's a at least a day or two delay on that process. So they're still working out the bugs. They have changed. You can do now uh, daily, weekly, biweekly, or monthly payouts from eBay's managed payments. Daily is a little too much accounting for me. Monthly is not getting my money frequently enough for me. So I'm I'm pretty pleased with the weekly plan. eBay has also made a big move in their sneaker authentication program. They have actually bought SneakerCon Digital, which is the company that was doing all of their sneaker authentication. Online marketplace eBay is further investing in its sneaker business with today's news that it is acquiring SneakerCon Digital's authentication business, which verifies the authenticity of high-value footwear. They have operations in the U.S., U.K., Canada, Australia, and Germany, and had previously been working with eBay to vet sneakers being bought and sold on that platform. Sneakers, as we've talked about, have become a huge category on eBay's marketplace, where today there are over 1.9 million pairs available every day. In October of 2020, eBay launched their authenticity guarantee service in partnership with SneakerCon, whose team of experts would verify the sneakers at no cost to sellers before the items were shipped to buyers. If the buyer then returned the sneakers, the authenticators would again inspect the item before it was sent back to sellers, This multi-point inspection system involves checking various aspects of the shoes, including the sizing, labels, stitching, logos, heel tabs, laces, and more, and includes the box itself. So it's a pretty thorough process. So this is a big move for eBay. They're taking all of this in-house. They will take full ownership of it, which probably is a good thing. SneakerCon, for their part, has only sold off the authentication piece of the business. They will continue to do their own operation of their events business separately. So any of the sneaker con events, I'm sure they're going to partner with eBay for marketing purposes, but those will be separate. Lastly, in the news on eBay, they put out an announcement yesterday, which would be Tuesday if you're catching the replay later, um, a bunch of new features for their promoted listings advanced, which is their pay-per-click beta program for advertising. I'm not going to go through this in a lot of detail, but I'm going to hit the high points for you if you are using this. Again, let me know in the comments 
If you're listening to the podcast, you can always email me at galaxycds at gmail.com or you can click the link in the show notes below to send me an actual voice message, which I may play in a future episode. Uh, I've been doing this for two years and nobody has actually ever done that. (laughs) Uh, But there you go. It is out there if you want to use it. Uh, Some of the new things, monthly keyword search counts. You can now see how many times shoppers have searched for suggested keywords in the last 30 days. The ability to download a campaign report in bulk. You can schedule reports in advance to show you what results you are getting. They have a new negative keyword tab. When you set keyword bids, negative keywords will now appear on a separate tab. As a reminder, if you weren't aware, negative keywords don't require bids because they are terms that you would like to prevent your ad from appearing for. Negative keyword counts. You can also see how many negative keywords are in each of your ad groups on the overview page. They are expanding the view area for keywords to show you a greater number of your keywords at once, and they've made scrolling to set your keywords more automatic. They have hidden zero quantity or out-of-stock items, so when you create an ad, you will no longer be able to add out-of-stock listings, which is probably a good thing. There will be a listing count summary where you can see how many listings match your filter selections when you add to your group, and you can now filter listings by category, eBay categories and store categories, making it easier to build common ad groups. So big moves for eBay in the uh, promoted listings advanced beta. Again, not something I'm using right now. If you are using it, let us know what kind of results you're having with it. I know I've talked about it before. Mo over at a reseller niche did a video on that. He was trying it out and did not really experience much of a sales lift. Now that we're into the holidays, I would be curious if it is helping sellers with what they're doing. Speaking of what sellers are doing. Let's take a look at some of the stuff I've sold. We haven't done a what sold recap in a couple of weeks here for a variety of reasons. One week, I didn't have anything very big to show. The next week, I think I just wanted to keep keep it short and concise. So this week, <laughs> uh, I got 20 items here. <laughs> uh, so settle in, get your coffee, and uh, let's get into this. Uh, first item, an old book. Um, old financial books are not quick turn items, but they do bring reasonably good money. This book from 1948, a real page turner, Bank Credits and Acceptances in International and Domestic Trade. This is one of those that it, you can see if you're watching on YouTube, the the dust jacket was not in the best of condition. But again, as I always stress, if it's there and it's not literally falling apart, leave it on the book. People like it. Uh, this item was part of a big lot that I own for one whole quarter a piece. This sold for $23.99 with free media mail shipping. So old financial books, they're not things I would necessarily pay up for, but if you end up in a position where you can get a bunch of them, which is usually how it works because people who buy these kind of books tend to have lots of them and you can generally pick them up in reasonably good quantities for reasonably low prices. Another area that is kind of the same is military history, particularly World War I and World War II. 
This is uh, in that vein. This is from 1986 with the Battle Cruisers Classics of Naval Literature. So this is kind of a fiction book about naval warfare. It was predominantly World War One and World War Two era type stuff. This was out of that same lot for a quarter and also went for $23.99. I've talked, man, I don't know how many times about religious books on this channel. This was an interesting one. This is part of a big uh, free haul I did, so I've got no money in this whatsoever. The International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. This was at one point part of a set in the buy I did. This was the only book I've come across so far. I still have boxes <laughs> uh, of stuff I need to go through. So there may be more of those in there, but this was volume three, K through P. This was a first print Eerdmans copy hardcover from 1986. This sold on Mercari for $26 with free shipping. So essentially other than Mercari fees and shipping, 100% pure profit. Those are fun. I've sold several different sets of these at varying prices because this work has been published for hundreds of years. This is Edward Gibbon's Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire. This was a modern library three-volume set, part of a big lot of books that I own for about 50 cents a piece. So I got about a buck and a half in this. They sold for $27 on a best offer, or $9 a piece, plus customer-paid shipping. Local artist CDs, a lot of times... Don't do all that well. This is one that uh, actually did pretty well. This is a guy from Cleveland, Ohio, Wolfgang Parker. Uh, the album was released on, I think it was, yeah, Hep City Records. The CD is called Hep City Swing. It was new and sealed. This was part of that big three and a half cent a piece, 8,000 CD lot that I bought well over a year ago. It has been sitting here for a very long time. I had it priced originally at $39.99 or best offer. It was in last month's 30% off sale and sold for $27.99 with free shipping. So that's a pretty nice flip from three and a half cents. More religious books. The Holy Bible authorized King James Version, the masterpiece edition oversized by Timothy Press out of Chicago. And when I say oversized, I have... 14 by 10 by 4 boxes for larger books. And it was all I could do to get this Bible in there. It weighed 11 pounds. <laughs> uh, it is easily the biggest Bible I have ever had in my eBay store. This one sold on Mercari for $28 with free shipping. So again, not all Bibles particularly newer ones, are not necessarily worth a tremendous amount of money. But these older Bibles, this one was undated. I couldn't even find a copyright date on this, uh, but it still sold for $28. A record. Uh, this was part of an estate I bought. I got a, a Rubbermaid tub full of records. I own them for about $0.10 cents a piece. This, a lot of them ended up in my antique booth for 99 cents because they weren't worth a bunch, but there were a few that were pretty decent. This was certainly one of them. The Hillbilly Hit Parade, Volume 2 from Mercury Records. This featured George Jones, Jimmy Dean, and some of the old classic kind of old school bluegrass type artists. This thing sold on a best offer for $29 plus media mail shipping. Um, 
for 10 cents cost of goods sold. That's nice. I am about out of these bad boys, but the Doctor Who DVDs, I still have a few of them left. I own these for, I think it's $1.47 a piece from a big lot that I did over the summer. This was story number 128, The Enlightenment, uh, from the Peter Davidson years, so 1982 to 1984 era. This sold for $32.99 with free shipping. I've said it before, I'll say it again. If you find these old uh, BBC video Doctor Who DVDs, even if you got to pay a couple of bucks a piece for them, uh, they are absolutely worth it. The average selling price on these for me has been about $21. So they have been super strong. It was a good week for puzzles. I actually sold several puzzles this week. This was the best one. The Suns Out Proverb Idioms 1500-piece jigsaw puzzle. This was new in a box. I picked this up at a yard sale. For two whole dollars, it sold for $34.99 plus customer paid priority mail shipping. Again, religious items do well. Puzzles, generally speaking, do well. I don't buy puzzles unless they're new and sealed because I don't, I'm not trying to count 1,500 pieces <laughs> uh, to make sure everything is there. So that's not my game. But if I find new and sealed puzzles, I'll check them out and see what they're selling for and if I can buy them for less than five bucks. I'll generally go ahead and grab them. They don't necessarily move super fast, but when they do, they bring pretty decent money. I think I may have showed one of these before, these John Deere No-Sew Fleece Throw Kit Blankets. It's a, They're from 2009. I picked up a bunch of these for like $9 a piece from someone who either was super crafty or at one point owned a craft store or a craft online business. They had tons of stuff, most of which I didn't, couldn't even I begin to identify because I'm like the least crafty person on the planet. Uh, but these I picked up nine bucks a piece. This is the second one I've sold. This went for $35 with customer paid shipping. So not a, necessarily a huge return on investment, but certainly not bad. These were some really interesting toys. 1986 M Toy Betty Boop figurines. I picked these up at a garage sale back in the spring. I paid a buck a piece for these. I put them in a lot for, I think I had it for $39.99 or best offer. I got an offer of $37 plus priority mail shipping for these six Betty Boop toys, new and sealed. I'm not sure what they would have been worth had they not been sealed. Again, a lot of times in my case, I, I don't look at open stock toys just because I don't I'm not familiar enough with them to know what accessories should come with them and what things should be in the box and all that. So I'll generally pass on those, but because these were new and sealed, I took a shot on them. $6 turns into 37 plus shipping. Another old book. This was a library binding, so it's not the traditional kind of consumer retail bound book from 1947, a first printing of The Battle for Tarawa by James R. Stockman, who was in the Marines. This was published actually by the U.S. Marine Corps. It had, it's a really neat book. If you're into military history, it had, I think, a dozen fold-out maps, orders of battle, all kinds of stuff. A really fascinating piece. I listed this at auction, starting at $39.99 plus shipping. It got one whole bid, but I own it for $0.10, cents, so essentially $40 out of 10 cents. I will take that kind of sale every day. Library bound books 
can bring pretty decent money. I've sold several of these over the past. So you can, if you're, again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it's just a generic cover with the title and the author down the spine. No, no pictures on the cover. It's not cloth. It's a hard, hard cover, not the kind of cloth that you typically find in books that would have had a dust jacket over them. So be, be on the lookout for those. <laughs> uh, Rebel Junk says, Brian paid more than 10.2 cents for some inventory. Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, I occasionally do that. I just bought a big lot of books yesterday that I paid probably looks like it's going to be 60 or 75 cents a piece for. So yeah, occasionally I'll splurge and uh, spend more than 10 cents, <laughs> but not very often. I don't like it. It hurts me in my heart. <laughs> uh, this was a really cool book that was part of the free haul that I did a month or so ago. So my cost of goods sold on this thing is nothing. The People's Home Library, the City Edition, Nursing, Medicine, and Domestic Science from 1916. This was part of a three-book set that was published at that time. Was in really good shape. The cover, again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that the lettering is quite faded, but the cover was in pretty good shape. The pages had very mild tanning, that browning that they can get from age. It was in really, really great condition. This sold on Mercari for $52 with free shipping. Uh, again, from a cost of goods sold of free. Here's another one. Uh, Die Maker's Handbook. This is from 1980. was written by a guy named Jerry Arnold. It was a first edition illustrated hardcover in like new condition. This thing was absolutely flawless. It is a, a book for machinists, essentially for die makers. Very, very scarce book. It didn't really look like anything when I was at the sale, but because it was in such good shape and I saw that it was die maker. And a lot of times I've talked about in the past tool and die type stuff and older factory diagrams and those can do pretty well. So I looked this thing up and comps were anywhere from 40 to about $65. I bought this thing for 75 cents at this garage sale, and it sold on a best offer for $55 plus. Uh, the customer requested priority mail shipping on this. I had free shipping on it. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see I charged $5 shipping. I only charge, when I do that, I only charge them essentially the difference between what I was going to do for free and whatever the new shipping method is. This went out in a priority flat rate padded envelope for about eight bucks. So I charged the guy $5. These were really interesting. This is also part of a free estate haul. Um, you may recall if you've been playing along at home for very long, a couple of months ago, I talked about being at a sale and I picked up all those vacuum tubes, all the old electronics. I'm wading my way through some of the boxes of stuff that I picked up at that sale. And I found this and one we're going to see here in a few minutes. Harman Kardon Citation. This is Citation 2 Stereo Amplifier Documentation. This is assembly and operation instructions for essentially a kit amplifier that you, you bought like a model and you had to put it together, soldering all the connections and all that kind of stuff. I had no idea that these things were going to be worth any money, but of course I look everything up and I saw that these, the comps sold comps on Terra peak averaged about $55. This one was missing one diagram. There were eight diagrams that should have been a part of this. It was missing number two. So I started this one fairly low and I think 
1999 at an auction. It received 10 bids and sold for $56.79 plus shipping, and I own it for nothing. So that was that was pretty fun. So be on the lookout for those old, particularly the Harmon Carden citation kits, as we'll get into in a minute. There's another one coming up. This was an interesting book. I have no idea why this book would be worth so much money. The New Pastry Cook by Helen Fletcher. This came out in 1986. This is a first printing hardcover with dust jacket. Comps on it were $60. I had this listed, I think, at $64.99 or best offer. I sent out a 15% offer to a watcher and sold it for $59.49 plus shipping. So this was another one part of a big lot that I owned for about a quarter. I don't know how likely you are to find that. Uh, And it just looks like any old pastry cookbook. There's nothing really special on the cover that would indicate that it's worth this kind of money. But uh, add it to your Bolo list, The New Pastry Cook by Helen Fletcher. It's worth about $60. I had one customer that reached out to me for more of these old CDs, also from the big 8,000 CD lot from a year and a half ago. The buyer purchased through the global shipping program, three different CDs, uh, The Autumns, The Angel Pool, uh, It's Me God by Breach, and The Pastels, Up for a Bit with The Pastels. These are three kind of older CDs from the late 1990s. Customer paid a total of $57.50 plus Lord knows what in international shipping for these three CDs that I own for a grand total of about 13 cents. I just sold this yesterday. This was part of a big lot of books that I own for about 50 cents. The Index Labrorum Probatorium from 1948. This book is a, I don't read Latin. The book is entirely in Latin. It is some kind of Catholic church book. There were virtually none of these that I could find comps on anywhere. So I listed this thing at $69.99 plus shipping. It sat here for quite some time. Over the weekend, somebody bought it. Uh, it's a soft cover. Again, all in Latin. A lot of the Latin stuff, the St. Joseph Daily Missals and anything like that that are in English and Latin tend to bring more money. So be on the lookout for Latin books, especially the religious stuff. Uh, but this thing, $69.99 plus shipping. Here's the other of the citation Books from Harmon Carden. This was the Citation One Stereo Preamplifier documentation. This included all 12 assembly diagrams plus the assembly manual and an operations manual. So this was the full thing. This had all of the documentation that would have come with this item, which I think was probably from the 60s. This one was also at auction. It started at, I believe, $39.99. This thing went all the way to $75 plus customer paid shipping on six bids. Again, it's an item that I own for nothing. It was part of a lot of books that I got at an estate sale. So, But be on the lookout for Harmon Carden Citation 1 or 2 assembly manuals, particularly if they have the schematics and the other drawings that go with them. They are worth $60 to $80 a piece, plus shipping. Uh, this... I think is the flip of the week, actually. I had one buyer. I've talked about these model train magazines for months and months and months, 
years, probably. <laughs> uh, but I have, I've got a bunch of incomplete years. And I've reached a point where I'm actually, I'm acquiring so many of these that I'm now just saving them and categorizing them by year until I can get a full year. But when I first started doing this, when I would get through a buy, whatever I had left, I would just put together lots of however many I had. So these are all pretty much partial lots. The guy bought nine partial lots. So 2013, I had nine, I think, of 11 issues. 2011, I had six of nine. 2015, I had seven of nine and so on. So there was not a complete lot in this bunch. And I own these magazines for, let's call it eight cents a piece. So these lots, I've probably got six dollars in the whole thing and it went for ninety five dollars and sixteen cents plus customer paid shipping so all in it was about a hundred and thirty dollar sale on stuff i own for well less than ten dollars so that is kind of the recap that's what the week actually the last couple of weeks have looked like here at the galaxy so pretty nice overall november uh I don't know what your November looked like out there. You can let me know in the chat or in the comments below. November on balance was pretty good for me. I was up in sales compared to last year. I was actually down a bit in profit because I did. I leased a storage unit, so I had my first month's rent and expenses on that. I bought, gosh, I don't know, five or eight new shelving units to accommodate what was going over there and moving some stuff. I took back my dining room and my living room. I have all of my inventory now out of the main living spaces of my house. I am so happy (laughs) Uh, about that. Josie the cat, however, is not because she doesn't have boxes to climb all over now. So she continues to look around wondering just what in the heck happened there. Uh, But I'm so glad to have that stuff out of my house. It is worth every penny of the 93 odd dollars a month I'll be spending on the storage unit. It also allowed me the space to make the bulk buy that I did yesterday of another probably 650 to 800 books. I haven't done a full count on them yet. I would not have had the space to do anything with those. So um, the storage unit was fantastic for me. I'm very happy to have finally done that. Uh, there's, doesn't look like there's much more going on here in the chat. Uh, JRKR1964 says this Q4 has been a disappointment. I'm, I'm hearing that from some people. It'll be really interesting to see over the next couple of weeks, what, how Q4 shakes out. Do, does it start to ramp up? As I talked about last year at this time, my business will increase a bit, but not a ton because I'm selling old books, not necessarily the most giftable items. There are some collectible type things in there. I sold, I didn't picture it here. It only went for like $15, but I had a, from I think 1954, a midshipman's guide to a Navy tour of the Mediterranean Sea. And someone found it and their grandfather was actually on that particular ship on that particular tour. So they purchased that. So you will have kind of a few odds and ends items, but I don't I don't do retail arbitrage. I'm not buying toys. I'm not buying Xboxes. That's not my piece of this business. So I don't expect that I will have necessarily a huge jump in sales. But if you're into that sort of stuff with the supply chain shortages and all that, I would think business should pick up for you. 
It looks like there are no more comments in uh, the old chat there. So we are going to call it a day. I Again, I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I hope that you're on your way to a productive, if not terrific, holiday season. I mean, it looks like Amazon has really taken a lot of the oxygen out of the room. But hopefully there's enough left there for the rest of us. We will be back here. Oh, let me do the, the shameless plug. If you are watching here on YouTube and you got something useful out of this, please do me a favor and smack that thumbs up button. If you are not a subscriber to either the channel or a follower of the podcast, please consider doing that. Uh, Again, big shout out to my podcast listeners for the last month plus. The podcast has greatly outperformed the actual YouTube version of this, which is flip-flop from what it has been historically. So thank you very much to the podcast listeners literally all over the world. I really appreciate that. Uh, all As always, special shout out to those of you who were here live this morning. You can go straight from here. I don't know. Uh, Aaron Rebel Junk normally does a live Wednesday morning. It alternates between her channel and another, so you'll have to check her channel and see if she's there or not. But uh, with that, we're going to close it. Have a great week. We will be back next Wednesday at 10 a.m. with more reselling news and whatever else I feel like talking about. And now, it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.